Hello everyone and welcome to the AstroPage Daily Review podcast by Mikhail Lysakov, episode 19. Today is till 2020, November 23rd and have you noticed anything strange? No? And what about the strange case of the Transend HBL Blazer 4FGL J1544.3-0649? No? And by the way, this is a title of a paper by Narek Sahakyan and Paolo Jomi. Want to know more? Let's read the abstract. We present a multi-frequency study of the transient gamma-ray source 4FGL J1544.3-0649, a blazer that exhibited a remarkable behavior arising from the state of an anonymous mid-intensity radio source never detected at high energies to that of one of the brightest extreme blazers in the X-ray and gamma-ray sky. Our analysis shows that the average gamma-ray spectrum is well described by a power law with a photon index of 1.87, while the flux above 100 mega electron volts uh, is 8 times 10 to the minus 9th power photon per centimeter square per second, which increases during the active state of the source. The X-ray flux and spectral slope are both highly variable, uh, with the highest uh, 2 to 10 kiloelectron volts flux reaching 1.28 times 10 to the minus 10th uh, power ergs per centimeter square per second. On several observations, uh, the X-ray spectrum hardened to the point implying as SED peak moving to energies larger than 10 kiloelectron volts. As in many extreme blazers, the broadband spectral energy distribution can be described by a homogeneous one-zone synchrotron self-contained leptonic model. We briefly discussed the potential implications for the high-energy multi-messenger astrophysics in case of the dual behavior shown by 4FGLJ1544.3-0649 does not represent an isolated case, but rather a manifestation of a so far unnoticed relatively common phenomenon. Okay, so what's strange about this case of this source? The strange thing is that at these coordinates, before 2017, there was no gamma-ray source and no X-ray source. And then it came out of the dark and came in a quite spectacular manner outshining many um, well-known sources like Makaran 501, for example. In this paper, the authors have collected two years of monitoring of the source in gamma rays with Fermi and in X-rays, UV and optical with Swift. The authors have added some archival data, uh, in particular 5 to 15 gigahertz observations uh, made at Effelsberg. With this data in hand, the, the authors were able to model spectral energy distribution of the source and trace its evolution while the flares were developing in gamma rays and X-rays. Their main interest was in comparing uh, different states of the source. And these different states are well represented by three periods that the authors have considered um, in comparison different SEDs. During the first period, the source was in average high uh, gamma state, and for this period they had all observations from radio to gamma. The second period uh, coincides with the peak of the flare in X-rays, and the third period represents a quiescent state of the source. 
The authors took advantage of the first period where they had uh, a lot of data from radio to gamma to constrain uh, several parameters of their model, especially uh, the Doppler factor, which is around 25, and the minimum gamma factor of electrons, which they estimate uh, on the level of 480. The authors also fixed the radius of the emitting region to 5 uh, times 10 to the 16th power centimeters and used these fixed parameters to model SEDs on other epochs where they had less data. Over the course of two years, uh, the source is quite variable. The frequency of the synchrotron peak changes by two orders of magnitude and also the flux changes by like roughly two orders of magnitude. So within their model and having Doppler factor and uh, gamma minimal for electron population fixed, the authors claim that the X-ray activity and the X-ray flare could be explained by the injection of new freshly accelerated electrons in the region, which in terms of their model means that uh, the upper cutoff on electron energy distribution uh, was uh, higher when the source was in an X-ray bright state. However, it would be interesting to see how the parameters of uh, the model would change if the authors fix uh, the upper cutoff of the electron population distribution and try to fit for a Doppler factor, for example, like trying to explain the variability with changing Doppler factor. I wonder, would the, these changes be crazy enough to discard them or not? That's interesting. Uh, then the authors discussed the possibility for high-peak blazers to be the sources of uh, cosmic neutrinos. And to me, this discussion looks just like an attempt to justify word multi-messenger in their abstract. But the important question that the authors ask themselves and the, re uh, the readers also at the end is whether this source uh, is a tip of the iceberg uh, of some broad population of high-peak blazers that are not visible yet uh, in gamma rays or X-rays but uh, could eventually pop out above the sensitivity of current instruments. Or this source is just uh, a single event and uh, there is no such a broad population like this. The authors, and uh, in a typical manner for astronomy, we basically need better X-ray and gamma-ray telescopes and need to observe more. That is all for today. Thank you for listening and see you tomorrow.